ready? Yes. Oh, yeah. Actually. All right. Good. <laughs> well, welcome to a, uh, another episode of AY After Hours. Uh, for those of you watching, what you'll see one thing is that it's not with Doug and Kelly. Today, we have a special guest host, Scott Knapp. Scott, would you give us a little bit of background as far as uh, what you do at AY McDonald? Thanks, Doug. Yes, you're right. I am definitely not Kelly. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Uh, she's, she's enjoying some uh, Mai Tais down in uh, Cancun or Jamaica or something like that. Absolutely. So you're getting the B team today. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, my name's Scott Knapp, and I'm Executive Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer for AY McDonald. I've been with the company for 23 years. Um, most of my career has been spent in the sales marketing side of the business. And uh, I spend a lot of my time currently with the product management team, Doug's team. And uh, he's nodding like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> lots of times. <laughs> and, uh, and with Justin and the, with the marketing group and uh, certainly with the innovation groups where I spend a lot of my time in the manufacturing company. So. Good. Um, one of the things that you'll notice, too, is that we're not on a regular set. We're actually on site um, at a WASDA event in Chicago, Illinois. And we'll go into that in a little bit. But I wanted to introduce, first off, um, Nate Purse and Greg Vells. Um, so, Nate, give us a little bit of background as far as, uh, you know, just kind of uh, your you, what you do, where you're from, that sort of thing. Oh, I'm Nate Purse. I work with the HR Prescott uh, & Sons, a small independent distributor in uh, eastern Massachusetts. Um, uh, interestingly enough, we're a 100-year-old company and recently celebrated that milestone and customer of AY McDonald, which is, of course, post, uh, what, 150 years, I think, Scott? 166. 166. So it's been 16 years, yeah. Um, so I do uh, everything. Uh, we have a small operation, so I, I wear many hats from sales to logistics to uh, purchase orders and things like that. I'm also currently enjoying um, giving back to the waterworks industry by uh, my role as president of WASDA, the Water and Sewer Distributors of America. And uh, yes, we're in Chicago collectively with a group of WASDA members to uh, better our industry and, and look forward thinking uh, how we can improve uh, things for all of us vendors and uh, customers in the future. Good. And Greg Vells, give us yeah. a little background about you. Well, first of all, thanks for having us. Appreciate that a lot. They want me now putting this together for us. Uh, we are, as uh, Nate said, a part of a WASDA organization that is meeting here today, but uh, I work for Four Line Waterworks on the VP of Sourcing for Four Line. I've been with the company 20 years. Um, I got about a 40 year plus industry background with me. Uh, kind of chose this career when I was young. Um, been working with the company for quite some time now. We've changed and evolved, but uh, you know we're all here for one thing, and that's just to make water better and try to make water safe for every consumer in the United States. Everybody involved. Um, you know, we overlook what our greatest natural resource we have in this country every day, our mm -hmm. lives, water. And, and I think that the WASA organization brings that to the front in conversations. It also brings out the, the, the groups that are involved in this industry, which is along manufacturers, along with associate members, which we call them, also distributors. There's all kinds of supply houses across the country that do one thing, and that's try to make water better for this country. And then really, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through this this podcast, mm -hmm. but really it's one of those unspoken things we have out there that we need to bring more attention to this country. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about uh, when we were last together in, in February at the annual meeting, um, just uh, Greg, you were up giving an update relative to what's going on in Washington, D.C. with water infrastructure. And I think that was the uh, sort of the impetus behind uh, maybe putting this yeah. podcast together because it's um, when we were together at the at the meeting, 
you know, we were discussing WASDA itself, the membership and growing the membership and, and what can we do. And I thought about our podcast and said, you know, one of the things we like to do is highlight all the wonderful things going on in the industry, all the wonderful people in the industry, and what a great opportunity just to, to get a, get you both together right. and, uh, and really talk about what WASDA is and what WASDA does. So um, I guess you can pick who answers the question, but uh, maybe Nate, uh, do you want to just talk a little bit about uh, what WASDA is and um, maybe a little bit about <clears throat> why, why you choose to uh, be involved with WASDA? Well, it's exactly what you said. I mean, WASDA is an association that's it's primarily a distributor-run uh, organization, but the, the vendors or associates are integral part of the, the piece of the puzzle. I mean, the simple fact that a company like AY McDonald wants to take this opportunity to promote a collective group of people in an industry speaks volumes um, for how we get together. But uh, the quick sort of summary is, you know, distributors like ourselves will get together in the fall at WASDA Forum and we'll conduct business. Um, how are things going? Your, how's your sales? Uh, these are some new products, what have you. Um, a lot of work uh, behind uh, curtains in a ballroom, um, just getting things done, mm -hmm. right? And then we have a nice uh, get-together in the spring called the Annual, where we focus a little bit more on um, furthering our education. We'll bring in keynote speakers. Uh, we'll bring in pro athletes who you know, motivational. Um, we will discuss things like scholarships. We have a scholarship, Matt Stager scholarship, as well as a WASA scholarship promoting our industry, promoting the next generation, trying to get them involved and giving them back, you know, money to, to further their education, uh, many facets of that. Um, but, but when you ask the question, what is WASDA? I mean, WASDA, I don't want to make light of it, but it's really, for me now, it's friends getting together and conducting business. I mean, when I first entered WASDA, uh, my brother and I are both in the industry. He's uh, eight years older than I am. So he sort of brought me in and I started to come to the events. And then you get to meet people like you, Scott Knapp. So Scott Knapp is, um, no secret, a high up, you know, owner of AY McDonald. And that translates to somebody like me, who's, uh, you know, on the front line selling to our customers. We buy your product. We then sell it to our customers. And if our customers have, um, questions or concerns or how to's, you know, I can answer those questions because I'm knowledgeable in your product line. But also, I mean, it gives us strength in the terms of like, listen, I can text the owner of the company right now and ask him your specific question mm -hmm. because you get all kinds of questions. I won't use any examples, but that line, the throughput right here to the customer, let's just pretend Greg's a customer, is, is very strong. So it's not like, I don't want to say a, a big box store, what have you. Like, you don't know, like, this box of cereal, how did this come to be, right? I've been on the factory floor or foundry floor. I've seen the hard work that your employees put into the product. Mm -hmm. And I can translate that to, you've got a quality thing here that's going in the ground, and your customer's going to be satisfied, and it's going to work for years and years. It'll outlast you. Um, so uh, I could go on and on, but basically it's, it's the connection. So WASDA is the connection. But then as you become immersed in the business part of it, you become friends with people. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I mean, I won't go into specifics, but I know how Scott spends his free time. And there's a lot of, you know, similarities in that. And we discuss, 
You make it sound like there's something wrong with what I do. Well, with like the, what size is the engine on your on, on, the, on your boat? You know, are we talking a two horsepower? You know, yeah. crappy fishing, or are we are we going? And this offshore. gentleman over here, are we off, going offshore in a fifty-two foot Hatteras? Yeah. You know, not. To, but and but it, we all are similar. We spend time with our families and and we enjoy life. And mm. um, and I think that answers your question. I could go on and on, but it's really it's a comfort thing, and you're doing business, and and it just all kind of comes together. So. Yeah, and I think what we need to understand is, you know, WASA stands for Water Sewer Distributors of America. And that's what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the distributors out there selling the Waterworks products across this country. Uh, this association has all kinds of size of distributors from small to large distributors a part of. And there's a common goal among all of us to try to do what we need to do to take care of our end user. That's the customers, basically right. the citizens of the United States. So really the, the distributor part of it is basically the middleman between the end user and the manufacturer. We work together to try to get what we need to. And a lot of us are involved in a lot of different associations that has to do with water industry. So we're always there teaching and trying to explore new possibilities to help municipalities, to help cities, to help government agencies to do a better job at what they're planning in the future coming forward, which is, you know, from our knowledge of industry, from trial and error, making mistakes and learning the hard way, to where we need to go because modern technology is, is growing so greatly in this industry and new products are coming out that's going to help finding leaks and problems with leaks and detections. A lot of problems we have with leakage right now is just a huge amount uh, of waste that we have. I mean, we basically lose in the neighborhood of 6 billion gallons of water a day. Now, no one understands what 6 billion gallons of water is, but look at your water bill and think how much you use a month. Right. We're talking 6 billion gallons a day. That's 2.19 trillion gallons that we lose in a year oh. in this country. And that, that is never to recover it again. Right. And there's where we're trying to make educate everybody, okay, these are better products you can use to stop that, to help you with your usage, help you with your loss, to prevent those problems. We all see these giant line breaks. And mm-hmm. we have these giant line breaks, most of being distributors, we're involved in our local communities when those happen and we go out there to try to help them on the repairs, make sure where they're there to work hand in hand with the municipalities and the people are fixing those lines, because most of the times there may be a private contractor that's involved, that has the night job of being on duty in case something like that happens. But we're there to help out 24-7. So we're really there being responsible for basically the, the holders of what we need to do is trying to help them make a better water systems out of them. Yeah. And like I said, we're involved with a lot of different organizations out there because it's part of it all does it. We're very strong with the National Utility Contractor Association, NUCA just to make sure that we're involved with them because those are our customers. They're also involved in this business. Government agencies, we, rural waters, all these things that we're involved in, besides mm-hmm. just the WASDA part, because it all works together as part of a better America. So like I said, it, it, it stands for Water and Service Rivers America, and that's what we are. Well, and it's fun when we get together because oh, yeah. we're all passionate mm-hmm. about the industry that we serve. and. We all see the challenges that we face, to your point, two-something billion gallons of water a day Six being, being wasted. Yeah. And on top of that, you talk about infrastructure and spending on infrastructure. And I get asked the question a lot, well, so is this new infrastructure bill, is that going to have a huge impact on your company at A.Y. McDonald? My answer is usually, you know what? We really don't see the impact because when you look at the spend when it comes to infrastructure, yeah. There's a teeny tiny little amount that that goes towards water, right. and that's because everything that we do is buried underground. Right. Nobody sees it, and when they open the faucet, they just expect water to be there. Right. And uh, 
What I really enjoy about WASDA, we're, we're associate members yep. as a manufacturer, so we get the opportunity to spend time with, with distributors, and it's just a great way for us to spend time with all of our distribution company, uh, customers and talk about the thing that we're so passionate about, which is this industry. Yeah, um, I mean, you brought up a very good point. America loves to drive down the highways of America and see bridges and roads being paved mm -hmm. and, and new structures being built and, you know, welcome to our cities and all the other things. They just don't really think about what's below ground. And, and there's a very key point that there's been a lot of illustrations that if you take what's below ground and put it up in the air on the sidewalks of America, most people would not walk underneath them just by looking how much decay, how much deterioration is, the amount of leakage is going on. They just wouldn't walk underneath them. But yet being below ground, it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And that's one of the mm -hmm. problem with the federal government right now, the spending that we do. As you said, they use money, allotments for the infrastructure, but yet they take it away and use it for everything else. Uh, our, our percentage at one time was 67% of the monies that were spent for infrastructure bills went to infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Now it's 9%. We're the only part of government that's going backwards on the spending and mm -hmm. what's really being used for what it needs to be used yeah. for. And we're so far behind in the funding um, that it is just unbelievable. And we'll never catch up. You're, you're talking billions of dollars in this infrastructure package. And it's just the beginning of the phase. We can talk about money spent. More time that we get the money out of the federal government hands back in state revolving funds is more important to every state involved here because every state knows what they need. Mm -hmm. Every state knows what the requirements are. We don't want the federal government talking about what it is. State revolving funds are great because once the money's in there, it keeps revolving. They can reuse it again. They collect off the, the bonds and when they mature, so they make more money back again, reinvest back in their states. And that's why the SRF funds are very important for all of us to work with because it is the way that we're mm -hmm. going to keep this community growing. And like I said, it's just it's very sad to see the way the money is spent and what we're doing. However, for the first time ever, and I don't know how long we actually have funds and they're going forward. Now, we're working on something starting off with, yes, but we got to make sure that legislation knows what we need and where we need to direct that money and how we direct that money. Because mm -hmm. everybody in Washington has what? Their hands out, mm -hmm. right? Yep. yep. From the hairdressers of America, the morticians of America, they're all there. Yep. So why aren't we there every day right. doing the same thing? Because that's, you know, we're working with what is really important to this country. So it's a very important fact. And it's a good point. But like I said, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. It yep. works. He said, Absolutely. faucet turns on, water goes. Well, even more important, I mean, you say out of sight, out of mind. Our, our biggest thing would be you go to a fire hydrant and you try to get water out of that to get a burning building, you know, squashed. I mean, we've had bridges fail. We've uh, roads, you know, potholes. People get upset about that. But we do go, we fly under the radar. People don't really pay that much attention. And it, it takes something, a major sort of event to happen to sort of shift a little bit of focus to us. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't know that we're self-promoters. We're not an industry of people who, who self-promote, but in many ways we should because um, things, you know, things are coming at us fast. I mean, right. you look at uh, the low levels of Lake Mead and what have you and things like that and, and the waste of water that you mentioned. Do we need a big event? I hope not to just have somebody in Washington pay attention to us and say they need a little bit more earmarked for, for that repair that right. infrastructure bill. Well, if you look at what's <laughs> happening right now in this country, you're hearing more about line breaks all the time. Mm. The alarming rate right now is 11% of our water supply lines in the United States are over 100 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. Life expectancy on those pipes when they were put in years ago was maybe 25 years. So we've outlived the longevity of that pipe system by far. We're just hoping that nothing bad happens. You and I discussed today yeah. that, hey, 
We'll put generators at hospitals. We'll put all kinds of power plants to keep our companies going. But who puts water storage on our facilities? Right. When a line breaks and your hospital goes down, that means you have no ability to, for fire security, no ability for water, no ability for any of those things that uses water every day. It's done until yeah. it gets fixed. And I mean, the, the line breaks you see, how many millions of gallons are lost on those line breaks of larger sizes? And they're not all small sizes anymore. There's an estimated 262 thousand line breaks that happen across the United States on an annual basis. That number keeps growing, yep. growing all the time. And those mains are no longer just talking about four inch mains and they only look at four inch and above. So it's all drastic news on this thing. And like I said, when you have a line break, roads get wiped out, bridges get taken down, buildings are in trouble, everything's in trouble. The whole thing is in a mess. But it's all below ground. <laughs> yeah. So we don't really look at it. Well, and it's the thing that we, you know, you talked about earlier as far as, you know, uh, I'll call it a promotion as far as October 20th. You know, you just mentioned if you can give a little bit of background as far as what October 20th, day without water. Yeah, I mean. it, the, the, the thing is, is, is it's called Imagine a Day Without Water. It happens every year, October the 20th. And what it does is it tries to bring America to the understanding that what do we use water for? Right. What would happen if we don't have water? So the whole thought concept about the day without, imagine a day without water is that you turn around and for one day you don't try to use water. Or if you do, you think about, well, wait a minute, that's made of water. Water works with this, water works with that. And there's not a thing that we do on, as a consumer across this country that doesn't have involved water. From taking the shower when you first get going to brushing your teeth, yeah. going to the door, getting your coffee, doing all the things all through the course of the day. Your car has to have water for, you know, to cool the systems. Water's involved with everything. And it's just trying to bring an awareness about it. So it's really great. Go on a website, look it up. Uh, be a part of it. They're listed, and individuals can do this. Schools do it. A lot of people do it, just to try to imagine a day. And most of it has gone to other countries where maybe the water supply is not as good. Mm -hmm. You know, we watch the water flow out of a faucet and kind of question it, and then we turn around. And we've gone to other countries where we don't even have water flowing out yeah. of faucets. They're bringing it in, and then you think about quality. And we, for the United States, the greatest country in the world, we take for granted just that the water is going to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we got to spend money on making sure it's there and the quality of the water for the safety of this country. And that's where we really look at. Yeah. I, you know, for someone who's not real familiar with our industry that might be tuning in and listening, um, this would sound like, this would sound really scary. <laughs> yes. You yeah. know, like, like we are on the verge of absolute If you don't uh, think about it, breakdown. it's like, yeah. But, but I, I guess my point is, um, I th we've all been in this situation for most of our working careers. Right. right. Um, and it's going to continue for a long time. Um, We'll make it through. We will get better. Um, but, but I think that uh, one of the things that I really think about when we talk about all the challenges that are in front of us with water infrastructure is what a great industry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what amazing opportunities there are for people who want to find their way into that industry. Absolutely. You know, that's, um, I it, mean. It's a great industry with, with really salt of the earth people who work hard. It, it yeah. sounds scary, but it's not because of people like us in the room. The other great part is that it's innovative. There's new technologies that are mm -hmm. solving problems. It's not, you know, it's not just a dinosaur. It's it's your company. Other mm -hmm. companies are, are asking the questions and, and improving things for people. There's a ton mm -hmm. of innovation. So um, it's people, you know, conducting business and, and making things happen. So it shouldn't be scary. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> right. I, right. I hate for I, that to be the take. Yeah, I here. don't either. And, yeah. and Nate, for you, I mean, you you found your way into this industry growing up. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Being a part of your family business. Right. Right. Um, you mentioned I'm part of the McDonald family. I'm fifth generation. AY was my great-great-grandfather. 
Um, when I grew up, um, it really wasn't an expectation, but it was something that I looked at and said, you know, this is a great business. This is a great industry and I want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it is, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful industry to be in. And, uh, it's been around for a long time and, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be in this business for hundreds of years, well beyond mm -hmm. all of us. Yeah. And, and you know, what's, what's neat and interesting about um, what you guys are here doing today with with WASDA is you're, you're doing strategic planning, basically. Correct, yeah. yeah. So you're really trying to think about what does what's your organization's role and what does the future look like? Yeah, well, things have changed, um, you know, with COVID and everything. Um, what did we have? Two years where we were remote. We didn't but, see each other. We didn't mm -hmm. conduct business in person. We did virtual things. And sort of it's like a shift. And I, I sort of make... A little bit of a correlation with you know post World War II, where you had this upheaval and you know the the everything changed and was turned around, and then out of it you know new ideas and new ways to conduct business came up. And so what what is Wazda? How is Wazda going to evolve? You know I don't think we're going to be we're not a virtual association. Mm -hmm. um, it's great tool, but I need to see you mm -hmm. and talk about business and talk about our families and and do things like that or show you physically touch and, and feel things and say like this is a, a curb stop but if you did this and engineered that it would change so yeah so wasta coming out of covid uh we decided the board of directors um which i work for in in terms of the association uh decided to get together and and have a survey we crafted a survey where we sent it out to all the members of WASTA and we got the feedback. What are we doing well? What do you like? What do you dislike? Uh, how should we change? What are the future challenges of the industry? We've already talked about right. some of them. Also, in this country, you see a lot of uh, people consuming other people. Um, and there's there's sort of, uh, I make the the correlation that, you know, if there's only one bank to go to, they can do whatever they want, right? And if they choose to be, you know, high fees and no innovation, well, that's what you get, yeah. right? So that's so that's a challenge for us, like any industry, um, a race to sort of be at the top. But is that a good thing for everyone? So we're here together. There's about 13 of us. And this afternoon, we're going to look at these surveys and we're going to discuss sort of what has occurred, where we want to go, what are our challenges, and make some some action points, a strategic mm -hmm, right. plan, if you will, because sure. um, if we don't, we just continue to operate the way that we always have. And, and that can be a good thing, but it's, I don't think it's good enough yeah. for our industry. You don't operate that way at AY McDonald. You don't say we sell this cup and that's all we sell and that's it. We're good. <laughs> right. You say, no, no. we want to have a different size cup and we want to have different things in the cup and, yeah. and, and so forth. And so yeah, that I mentioned my role as chief strategy <laughs> officer, my, my job is to kind of help us yeah. look forward right. and think well, about the future. Right. And yeah. so that's, and it's an attractive thing And you mentioned sort of, I mean, one issue is, is attracting new people into the fold and like it's it, younger people. Younger people, I, I used the other example of when I first moved to my house. I've been in the house for 20 years. Uh, our neighbor said, what do you do for work? And I said, I sell water, sewer, and drainage. Exciting. Yeah. Fire yeah. hydrants. Yeah. And they say, oh, I guess somebody has to. Yeah. Right. So I, you Aren't know, you glad? Yeah. So I don't know about this generation now. I mean, you know, your, your phone or your right. Palm Pilot or your, there's things that are much more attractive. But I think when you get into this industry, you find it's really a lot of fun because of associates, distributors, customers. Every day, it's, it's an enjoyable thing. Yeah. So Nate was saying, you know, we're all come together to write the next chapter for where we're yeah. going as far as the companies, where we're going as an organization to work with us. And like I said, without 
a group of people together working for a common cause, this thing would be just fragmented. It would just be terrible. We'd be going different directions. But as a common goal, try to do what can we do? As Nate said, getting the younger people involved in this thing, technology is coming along. Yeah. Now it's all app driven and all these other things that we're looking in the future for. Great products coming along, and those are what we're trying to get out there. And like I said, when you tell your neighbors something about what you do, usually it's always a pause because they're trying to figure out what to say next. Right. You know? yeah. So are you a plumber yeah. or what are you? Nothing <laughs> wrong with plumbers, right. but they just don't understand the concept because we don't do a good job promoting this industry. Like I said, we start talking, it sounds almost terrifying. <laughs> but it's really not yeah. being terrifying. We're just making you aware of situations that are out there that we need to address. And by the way, since you're a voter, guess who listens? the guy in office. Yep. So you need to take that to your congressman, your representative, and say, hey, I need to be more involved, and you need to be more involved in this water infrastructure thing to really get this thing going. And I know I campaign on this. I'm, I'm the chair of the Industry Relations Committee. We go to Washington, and we'll be up there on, you know, basically May the 23rd to 25th, this again, going to the Hill, which we're allowed to get up there this time and be able to speak to people in person, because we talked about the personalities involved. You build that rapport among your congressman, your representative, and you go up there because really we are the experts when it comes to the water industry. Mm -hmm, right. They do a lot of things up there. They got a lot of people very smart, but they need our guidance to try to educate them and try to guide them on what really is important in these legislations that they're putting together. Yeah. And they're making decisions. And, you know, they're making decisions on so many things for the good of our country. We need to be up there in front talking about the good for water. Yeah. You know, that's so you mentioned, you know, it's not terrifying. I was just thinking the great thing about being a part of WASDA is when you're in it, you see the fabric, you see every sort of interaction right. that goes on, whether, you know, you're, you're a distributor and I'm a distributor. We don't mm -hmm. directly compete against each no. other, but we are a resource for each other. Right. right. And then I'm a customer of AY McDonald and I'm not a customer of a, a somebody similar to you, but yet I know those people, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. you really can, you, you can see the whole landscape. And then as Greg was saying, when that landscape and the power and the energy and the knowledge goes to Washington and educates your local representation and moves up the food chain, you know, that's, that's not a terrifying thing. That's, right. that's saying there's a backbone there that you don't see that is advocating for you, that is helping you, and you just can go about your business, take your shower, brush your teeth, and get on with your day, and you don't even have any idea that it's there, right. except for maybe a water bill that you you know have right. to pay right. once a month. And yeah. then there's where I think you build that relationship with those people up there because, yes, we go several times a year to visit them, but it's funny how they call you during the course of the year to ask you questions. Hey, I'm looking at this bill legislation. What does this really mean? Mm -hmm. What do I need to look at? What do I don't need to look at? What do I need to be involved with? Hey, by the way, would you come down to my local office? I'd like to have a couple of people come in and talk to you. And, and we found a long time ago the aides really that work for our congressmen and, and senators and, and representatives, they basically are very knowledgeable about it because they are basically guiding them. So if you build that rapport with those aides that work with them mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll call you up and ask you those questions you take them out on job sites you show them what you're talking about explain explore it's almost like call like a, a, a school field trip right we're going to take washington really out to see what the real world looks like right yeah. and be a part of it and they learn so much about that they make wiser decisions when it comes to hey we really need to look at this and hey we really need to make sure it goes to this yeah that's the problem right now is it's fragmented. It goes kind of a little bit everywhere. So we've got to be real careful about making sure it goes where it needs to go. And that's where that, like I said, we're all in this together. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we've, we've been talking a lot about the big picture, mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, sometimes it's fun to talk about the small picture <laughs> a little bit too, like the little incidents that happen and th- you know, cause the ones we don't sometimes talk about. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. Then, you know, yeah. water doesn't just show up nope. without any, uh, challenges along the way. I, we have a lot of customers that, that visit us in Dubuque and, uh, a lot of times we'll be sitting around and I always like to ask the question, raise your hand if you've ever had to get up from the Thanksgiving day table to go take care of. And every single yeah. person always raises their hand. Yeah, yeah. And and basically, if you work in this industry, part of your job is making sure that everyone else has the convenience of good, clean drinking water. Right. And that no dirty water right. goes where it shouldn't go. Right. And uh, then we always get into the, the things like, okay, so do you have a, a good story? You know, like one of those stories where things didn't necessarily go exactly as, as they were, as they were planned. And, and uh, we had the opportunity to have dinner last night with Greg. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask this question kind of Quentin Tarantino style. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start with the name of the scene is Aquavelva. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Greg, you, you tell your story and, 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 Th- and then we'll find out what good, Aqua Velva means. segue there. Uh, yeah. Listen, you know, if you want to know about how many times we leave the table when our families, ask our wives. Oh, yeah. I mean, they remember every event we've ever been to because it's always inconvenient. But we really are 24-7 hands-on. Mm-hmm. But uh, the situation you're talking about, we, we, <laughs> I got a call years ago, and I was a, a salesman for a certain contractor. And he said, hey, it's, you know, 1045 at night. I got to have these parts. It's in Castleberry, Florida. We got a water main break. We've got all this stuff going on. Can you get in your shop and open it up? We need this right now. We got to get this repaired because on a major intersection, feeding all kinds of businesses will be open on Saturday morning, Friday night. Like I said, we're sitting here. So I, I get up, go get what I need, come down there. Next thing I know from being just there, now I'm getting involved in the situation. I'm down in the hole with the contractor explaining, okay, I think we need to use this and do this. What turned into a normal water main break turn into something a little bit more elaborate. (laughs) All right. What I didn't realize is that there's always been a separation between force mains and water mains, and there's a reason why there's a separation. What's a force main? Well, that's where they basically your raw sewage from your pumping (laughs) stages is being sent to your treatment plants because it's already been through your sanitary system, gone into a lift station, and being forced main. Okay. And high pressure. It's basically sewage. So this is sewage this under is sewage. pressure. This is sewage under pressure. So the water <laughs> what main. What could go wrong? We're working <laughs> on this water main, and, and, I, and I start getting this aroma smell of different products that's being used for force mains. And I'm realizing, <laughs> and I'm telling the contractor, you know, I don't think we actually have a water main break, but I think we also have a possible force main problem here. And, and, and of course, that sent alarm bells because you have water main leaking. And this is why I mean, you are in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're up to our waist now. Sure. Water main. And mm. then, then the, the aroma of um, uh, uh, basically your lift station or what I would call your septic tank starts okay. coming yeah, yeah. into play. And then I realize it's getting more um, fragrant. <laughs> And now this is rising, and then I realize it's overrunning the water main because they've actually kind of shutting the water main down, but they haven't really thought about the force main possibility. So as we're fixing one, we start realizing we're going to repair another and try to find where that is. So by the time this incident was over with, I was about to shoulder height in a mixture of water and waste. Okay. Okay, so... um, I we got it fixed because um, I was about to say at, at 
this point, I'm calling Broken Arrow. We're getting out. And uh, they were trying to shut the plants down all around because all the list stations are pumping into this force sure. train around. And so uh, we, we got it slowed down enough that we could make the repair, got out. And um, the embarrassing part of the story is that we actually went behind a 7-Eleven and took a, a water, which I need water. The, the, they were very gracious in a, a Clorox bath. Oh, boy. A Clorox bath behind a 7-Eleven. And threw our clothes away. Of course, had to go to one of our favorite you know, all-night Stores were open to buy new clothes, oh, so you go home because we had we didn't really prepare for this. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's one of those things you just get involved in that really it's a story that no one really wants to talk much about after and, they hear it, but they all cringe because you're and cut, you were you were young a lot younger. Than yeah, that. I was in my uh, mid twenties that time. I was single. You're so, single, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So you don't really you know it, I had this. Um, I don't want to use the word aqua velva smell about maybe between the bleach and everything else. I was for quite some time I couldn't get really off of me. I actually went and got my hair cut. I got, I got, and I got tested a couple of times. I'm pretty sure I had TB when I was over with. You know, I, oh, I just knew I had TB. So, like I said, you, but that's where you get involved. And you just you get your hands in the middle of it all, and then sometimes it just doesn't turn out quite the way you yeah. thought. But you can't abandon the situation because it it's part of what we do. You didn't get a date for a long time. No, I mean, no, that, that's no, really it, the bottom line really here. Really, the story is that's my whole life. It's the Aquavella <laughs> situation. But, you know, we've been involved in those things, but that was one of the horrifying things that you start off with a thought, yeah. and it turns into a completely different event, and then you're in it. you got to stay with it yeah. and fix it. Yeah. And what I, what I think people don't understand, though, too, is that, that I mean, that's a, that's a great story, and, and, but it happens more often. Oh, sure. Across and we the like country, to talk about right across the country. Then, especially than, on a podcast, people realize. you know, you never do that. Well, there, there's people that have to deal yeah. with those kinds of situations every day, yeah. every day, every single day, and they can be. I mean, they can be unpleasant when you're talking about waste. I mean, that's just the nature of it. Yeah. But it it can also be very dangerous. Oh, very you know, so. You have we you know on a daily basis you have people that have to take precautions when they're opening up a ditch, mm-hmm. going down into a ditch or a confined space. Um, they they have to make sure they're doing it safely. And uh, it's 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 kind of that that fraternity of our, our or of our industry of the people that are frankly heroic who who work hard every single day to make sure that we have the convenience of of clean drinking water. And it's um, very true because when you look at it, what was compared to what we used in the seventies, eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're more you know, basically a safety conscious mm-hmm. organizations about it. We try to make the water safer. We try to make the, the job safer. So we spend more time and monies and efforts on making sure that those people that do that type of repairs mm-hmm. or work on those type of situations are as safe as they possibly yeah. can yeah. be at all times because they can't stop and wait for it to all go away. It doesn't ever go away. you got to fix it. you got to be safe about it, and you got to make sure it's done right. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to do a repair knowing you're going to have to come back in a week and fix it again. Yeah. Sure. It's got to be a permanent repair, a good fix. Make sure it does well. So it's it's all about safety, and it's like I said, everything we do is about safety and trying to make sure that everybody's in the most safest position they can be in. But like you said, someone's got to do it because it has to be done and fixed, and it's not always the greatest moment in your life. I assure you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where some of the innovation comes because you know you think about a coupling that has six, twelve bolts, and you're out there in the middle of the night, and it's pouring rain, or you're, right. in your instance, you're waist high or neck high in sewage, <laughs> which. Good for you for sticking through that one. Well, you're, you're, you're in it. You know, you're in it. You can't get out of it. Yeah, you're done. Right. You know, you, it's bad. But that's the innovation in terms of like how can we build it better, quicker, faster, so you can right. get back to the dinner table and get back to your family. And you know, there's a correlation in terms of 
because we're in the industry, we hear those stories, and you think as you drive down the road and you see municipal workers, you you give a little bit more distance, you slow a little bit, you know, down more because these guys are in the hole fixing right. something that it, it, a whole street block, you know, is impacting. So, um, and I, I think a lot of people don't think about that in terms of what who's on the front line yeah. looking out for you. Right, and you're talking about the innovation. Exactly true. We went from being six, twelve volt, fifteen volts now to two volts, maybe. Right you know, different type of couplings that work in different situations. So it's it's about, hey, you get the same quality, if not better quality. Now you get nice, just a compression setup, you get a restraint setup also. So it basically is a kind of a push-on compression fitting that has a locking mechanism in it, also with a one-bolt system, so it helps the person that's working on it get it done quickly and safely, versus the old idea of just cranking around. Like I said, that's the innovative ideas and thinking how this industry is changing all the time to move forward in all their thought patterns of what makes this better and faster and makes it secure. Because like I said, you can put a coupling on the old style couplings and yeah. it's just the idea that the pipe was there holding it. Well, pipe moves, ground settles, things happen. So if you can lock that system together where it is actually attached to that pipe and it's locked together so it's not moving, right. that makes it a better connection, a better fit that you don't have to yeah. go back and revisit that at a later point in time. Well, it only has to last, a, what, 100 years minimum? Well, I mean, exactly. that's what we were just talking about. Well, I think know? we were at least. It, yeah. you know, we're moving past that. Hey, Doug Roush here. Thanks for watching part one of this episode. There is so much we talked about in this conversation that we had to split it up into two sections. See you next week for part two.